for your hand, oh God. Thank you for your hand. Thank you for your gentle, firm hand that leads, that comforts, that reassures. Take us by the hand. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Oh, glory. Nothing like God's hand. you to read Acts chapters 1 and 2 in their entirety um, when you go home or sometime during this week. Acts chapters 1 and 2. And today we're looking at chapter 2, the first four verses. then going to 14 and reading through 21. So you can just mark that, write that down, okay? You know, in church culture, our annual days mean an awful lot to us. It's not a bad thing. Doesn't matter what the church is, our annual days mean a lot to us. In some churches, we don't use the term, the expression annual day, but it'll be dubbed a conference or a summit or a weekend, but what is clear is that it's a specific time that focuses on a particular population or purpose within the church, annual days. And usually these annual days have a particular format that goes with them. You understand. And you know, it's nice when we have everything planned out, we take pride in our annual days, we come together, we plan things out extremely well. We look forward to all things going well, and all things going well, and afterward we have refreshments, praise God. <laughs> then we deem it a success. Let me suggest to you that Pentecost was an annual day that God crashed. Pentecost was an annual day, so to speak. It was the second festival that occurred among the festivals for the Jews, cycled around every year. 
That's why we're referring to it as an annual day. Everything is always in place. Everyone knew what to do, why they were to do it, and all would be well. But how many know that God can surprise you in ways as never imagined? And so the people of God were here minding their own business on their annual day when along came a sound like the blowing of a violent wind and the house they were in filled with this sound, you know, the sound was there and they looked and saw tongues of fire so it appeared on resting on each one of them. The Bible says that all of them, somebody say all, all, all were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them, or speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to do. Well, let's look at this just for a moment. Uh, and as we look at this, tell your neighbor, all fired up. That's the title. This is all fired up. So just a couple of things here. Let, let's just look at this for a moment. It, it says, all of them, all of them were filled. All of them were filled. Regardless of the particulars that went with them. Oh my goodness. Regardless to how spiritually deep the person was, regardless of whether they were new to the fold or had been around for a while, regardless of who they knew and who or who they did not know, all were filled at one time, at one time, everyone was filled, and everyone spoke in a language that wasn't, that didn't represent home for them. Uh-oh, wait a minute. Everyone spoke in a language that wasn't home for them. Imagine if Tomorrow morning, you woke up, and when you went to speak for the first time, you opened your mouth, and what came out was not your native tongue, oh my God, but what came out was something totally different. You didn't ask about it. You hadn't studied it. You know what I mean. You hadn't prayed. You went to bed, you know, all was well. You said good night in whatever your native language was. All was well, but you woke up speaking in a language not your own. And because it wasn't your own language, 
You couldn't alter what you were saying. Oh, help me. You couldn't alter it. You couldn't color it. You couldn't put a spin on it. Nor necessarily could you decipher, interpret what you were saying. But let's imagine that, that your neighbor, the, the person who hears you on, on tomorrow, wherever you, you are, let, let's imagine that your neighbor speaks in that language. You don't know what you said, but your neighbor does a double take. Your neighbor hears you speak in his or her own language and responds to you. That your neighbor responds in English, what did you say? And you go to say, I don't know, but the same thing, oh, y'all don't hear what I'm talking about. Oh, my God, my God. Let me suggest to you that, that, that the Holy Spirit wants to fire us up so that we are willing to speak in whatever language God wants to use without objecting. This is what I like about the people. It does not indicate that the people objected to the fact that they were speaking in what wasn't their own language. In other words, they did not object to speaking in what had framed their world in, in a language they could train. Oh, my God. All right. So what does this have to do with the church? This has to do everything with the church. Say this after me, okay? Are you ready? There's no trick question. There's no trick statement coming. Are you ready? Oh, for God's sake, nobody's. Ready, ready, ready. Now that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. Okay, right, right. All right. All right, here we go. The church, is the church is to transmit the gospel, transmit the gospel. That's, not home. that's not home, native, 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 native to, itself. to itself. When I say the word home, that means a native language. You know what that means? That means... The church is called to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ in ways that aren't just home for us. Every church has its own ways of understanding, of conveying the gospel that represents home for them. But, but, the, but, but you see, when the Holy Spirit, when we yield to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, we won't object to transmitting the gospel in ways, in languages, in forms that are different than what we're accustomed to. 
Oh my goodness. Let me, let me put it like this. Let me put it like this. I was somewhere, saw a vendor, you know, a religious vendor. They had pins and all, rhinestone pins, rhinestone, excuse me, uh, pins, praise the Lord. <laughs> nice pins, praise the Lord. But then I saw a pair of pantyhose and on the side of the leg, praise the Lord. Now, I didn't purchase them. Now, somebody put praise the Lord so it would be worn on a woman's calf because they determined that someone would rest their eyes, right? What you laughing at? So if you go to rest, when you go to rest their eyes on that calf, you're gonna see praise the Lord. And if you spoke to the sister wearing it, she just might invite you to church. The sister might have a response for you that would be different from what you would. You like that one, Murphy? Yeah. It's not what I would do, but somebody was trying to make a statement because they understood where some people's minds are. If your mind goes there, I'm going to meet you right there and work with your mind and call you to bring your mind in. Now put that in your notes. I'm going to find out what got tweeted and put on social media behind this message. But you know the other thing here. So the church is really called. We are called. We are called. We are called to transmit the gospel. We are called to stretch and communicate the gospel in ways that aren't just the way we've always done things. Then, oh my goodness, it says, of course all this speaking in different languages, people thought they were drunk. Peter stands up, he says no, this isn't about a drinking issue. This is the fulfillment of what the prophet said. 
oh my God, this, this is God making good right. on a promise. And the promise that God is making good on is a promise from uh, the uh, prophet Joel. And in that promise, it is really a promise of hope. Somebody say hope. hope. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say this very succinctly. It's a promise of hope that comes so that every generation, in fact, say this after me, every generation's capacity to see what can be will be expanded. This is the passage of scripture that says your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. This is about every generation's capacity to see what can be being expanded. Don't tell me what I'm looking at. Oh my God. You tell me what you think I'm looking at and I'll tell you what I see because God has expanded my vision by the power of the Holy Ghost. This prophecy says that, that when the Spirit of God is poured out, the servants, those who are discounted in this world, will also be able to speak to issues all around them. In other words, don't count out the perspective of those we don't want to see at all. Don't count out the person who's pulling a bag. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Don't count out the person who's got a cart. They're pulling behind them. And the cart, you know what I'm talking about, has bags of clothes on don't count out the homeless. Don't count out the day workers. Don't count out the undocumented. Don't count them out. God says they have a perspective that also needs to be heard. And why we should not count them out is because sometimes they are the only ones with the honest take on anything. Oh, my God. Sometimes those, you see, when you have nothing to lose, you get real honest. When you have nothing to lose, you get 20-20 vision. When you have nothing to lose, you can see the good, the bad. You can see what needs to be strengthened, what needs to be sidebar, put on the sideline. When you've got nothing to lose. All fired up. All fired up. Well, let me put it like this. Then I'm done. Yep, I'm done. <laughs> you know, there's a commercial. And uh, it's one of my favorite commercials. And it's a commercial where there's an office building. 
and uh, presumably the executives come in, dressed in nice suits, men and women, you know this commercial, they're all dressed up, and they come and get around the table, and they open their mouth, but when they open their mouth, the voices of children <laughs> come out. And they're holding up little gummy something or other, little candies. And each one is describing it, and their, and their faces light up. <laughs> With each one, they're comparing flavors. And you know, isn't that commercial fun? Oh. When the Holy Spirit fills us, we are willing to just be God's children. Dress us up, but whenever you see us, we will have the voice of a trusting child, the voice of a daughter, the voice of a son who trusts our father completely. And when we speak up, we will say in a language that's different, that cuts through all the mess, we will say clearly, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman who trusts in him. We will speak of the joys of having partaken of life in Christ that outlasts the flavor of this world. I'm all fired up. I'm fired up to be God's child. I'm fired up to let God mess up my annual days. I'm fired up to communicate the in ways that aren't just familiar to me. I'm all fired up to see what can be. Because I got a good dose of the Holy Ghost. Stand with me. On this first Sunday in June, Pentecost Sunday, the doors of the church are open if you're here. And you want to become a part of us? Come on down the aisle. If you're here, You don't know Christ, but you're looking for a church home. If that's you, come and give yourself to Jesus Christ. Come on, come on and give yourself to Christ. Come on and unite with St. Paul. Come on. Come on and say yes to Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord.
church. Wherever you are, you might be there in the back.